is the revealer and the mediator of that will. Be thankful and give thanks. In other words, we want to talk to you from the subject, a testimony of real thanks. A testimony of real thanks. That is, we got to have a testimony of real thanks. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked, but let me just pray a minute and we'll move forward. God, we thank you for this time of sharing, for this time of allowing us to present a word that you have given us. And God, may it not just be a word, but let it do some good in this house so that your servants may be edified and that they may glorify you and that we may be able to preach you forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Church said amen. Amen. Be thankful and give thanks. A testimony for real thanks. In a season such as this, we learn that we must be by, by instructional in our faith, meaning that we got to make sure that we are living testimonies, showing where we have remained thankful to God at the same time we are giving him thanks. Am I right about it? Okay, I'm already checking to make sure I'm back in the right church. I wasn't in here last Sunday. Since 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 is my scripture for relationship to our theme this morning, let me tell you this. In a 2021 article or devotional, the writer Jim Dennison asked the question, can you really give thanks in all circumstances? He goes on to say, is it fair to say that Thanksgiving is the will of God no matter what our circumstances are. He says it's a great question, especially these days, right? Given what's going on in the world and given what's happening across this fallen world on a daily basis, but especially because of these difficult days and times. This, he says, could be translated into continually giving thanks. And that's an order. It's an order from God that we continually give thanks in all circumstances, Brother Allen. Not just when your year is going well. Not just when you're feeling well. Not just when your family is together and not just when your money is good. Please permit me to translate that last one to you in my terms. It's when you got big bank and your money ain't funny no more. Your, your, Your change ain't even strange no more. And you can at least take a debit card and go out and buy something for you and maybe even somebody else 
If that don't work, you have the ability to get you some C-R-E-P-I-T and make sure that it's bought such that you can deal with the bill later. Am I right about it? I got some C-R-E-D-I-T. Sometimes I have used it more than I should have, but I got it. Praise God. But there was a time where I had to question, where was the C-R-E-D-I-T? I know I got some witnesses in the house. Y'all might as well go on and say amen. Give God thanks in all circumstances. Just manage that credit and that debit properly. Amen, somebody. He goes on to say that thanksgiving with the little t is the will of God. So that he says uh, why this is so important. And that's because thanksgiving with the big t comes into play. It's a holiday that many people outwardly show that what they should have been showing all year long. Sometimes we don't even give God thanks for the little things. And, and so here comes Thanksgiving with the big T. Yeah. Oh, we're so thankful now. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and we, we have to give thanks to God if God is still in our lives. Because sometimes when we look around, we don't have people who are thanking God anymore. But we're giving and giving with thanks to God. This is meaning that we should be showing gratitude for every big, every small, every middle-sized blessing that God is sending our way. Am I right about it? In other words, we should have a testimony of real, quote-unquote, thanks. Real, not plain. So let me ask you. Do you have a testimony of real thanks today? Are you thanking God in the details of your life about how thankful you are about the goodness he has shown toward you? Are you giving thanks with thanks giving? Let me repeat that one. Are you giving thanks with thanksgiving? The major point here is, and I'm going to get out of the way, we got to tell God how thankful we are in real terms. So let me sneak another little scripture in here real quick. Colossians 3 and 17 says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving Thanks. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Giving real thanks to God the Father through him. So let me give you a spoiler alert. You may have heard these scriptures before. You may have heard them in terms of the Thanksgiving holiday. But you haven't heard us use them to describe how we should have a testimony of real things. Not the superficial kind of thing. We want to get down into it and let you know it's the kind that comes 
from the bottom of our hearts and from the depths of our soul uh, where we have the kind of thanks for what he has done beyond what we have imagined, beyond compare. Do we have that kind of thanksgiving on our plates today? Are we giving real thanks to God the Father through his son Jesus or do we just bypass the boat? In simple terms, here is the bottom line. These scriptures God calls us to be thankful in everything and not just because we got some turkey and some stuffing to eat. Not because the sweet potato pie is sitting off on the dessert table over on the side. Uh, you know, because there, there's uh, some people who are celebrating the fact that they have Thanksgiving, just able to say to God, thank you. They don't have the food. They, they're waiting for somebody to help them have the food. There are food deserts in the state of Maryland uh, close to us. And they are wondering what they're going to eat for Thanksgiving. And we take it for granted. I know we do. And so even the cranberry sauce, we take that for granted. We take it. And some people, they, they look at how the cranberry sauce has been crushed into a lovely sweet sauce to top off our meals. And I said the word crushed intentionally because we we started a series on crushed. And we're not done yet. We'll be back with that one. But they take that cranberry sauce and they add it to all the different things. And y'all know what I'm talking about. They have a Thanksgiving meal. But God wanted us to stop by and tell you all something about thanks and giving. That we tend to celebrate the food. And all the eating and all the football games and the families getting together. And that's all okay. I'm with it. I'm with it. But do we spend enough time being thankful and giving real thanks to God for what he has done? Amen. Do we think more about the blessing than the blessor? Because we love being the blessing. Let me say that one more time. Just make sure somebody got it. Do we think more about being, about the blessing than the blessor? The blessing that God gives us, the blessor is God himself. Because we love being the blessing. Sometimes. And we all do it. We don't give God the glory that he deserves. Somebody gonna get that one on now. And so our Thanksgiving is all about the testimony of grace. The testimony of love. The testimony of keeping up when we didn't know how to keep ourselves. And the testimony of real thanks for what Jesus has done for us. I dare say that in this culture, this Western culture that we tend to skip right over 
what is most important here. We let us go in our families and everybody has to celebrate Thanksgiving and we start right on into Christmas. Guilty. I already got my tree up and, and y'all see pictures on Facebook soon. Starting on November 1st, I do that every year. So the gang is coming in this week. So I want to make sure that I got the, the decorations up and the, the fake deer and, uh, and, and uh, uh, the fake uh, deer and the bright lights. And, and I got even got some Christmas rugs. <laughs> Put it all out. And I ain't finished yet, Pastor. I'll tell you. I'm not done. They, they don't help me, by the way. <laughs> I had to drag the tree up and down in the basement. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Then decorated. Yeah. Everybody else laying in the bed sleep. Having a good time. <laughs> and this don't look right. Put that over there. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I know I knew I had some witness. Yeah, yeah. So it seems that we have skipped right over Thanksgiving into Christmas. That's the case. That's the case. Uh, look at Black Friday. They can't wait to get Black Black Friday hasn't even gotten here yet, and they got more Black Friday sales going on for Christmas. And it's just the day after Thanksgiving. We could wait one day. Okay, oh, I'm gonna leave that. All right, all right, all right. Let me let me tell you one thing. A few weeks ago, I was up in Baltimore and I spoke to a church and I talked to them uh, with a story. And one reason why you see me playing and singing and dancing is because I went back in my mind to the day I fell, the night I fell, in the bathroom of my home when we were in Edgewater. And I had this weakness on one side, and I didn't realize what it was, but I was down on the floor. I thought, you know, not a big deal, but my wife and my son would not let me get up off the floor. They said, you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I even halfway laughed it off, but they said this uh, ex-nurse and nurse administrator said to me, you're going to the hospital. And when I got there, they ran CAT scans and everything. They did everything to check me out. And come to find out, I had had a mini TIA, trans ischemic attack i.e. a stroke. Sister Elaine know what I'm talking about. And I could not for the life of me believe that I, of all people, had had a stroke. Well, let me tell you something. A stroke is a stroke. But I'm here praising God, thanking Him with real thanks, real praise, for allowing me to stand before you, to give him, and it's been almost eight years, and I have not felt another incident like that. 
similar kind of incident happened to my father. And, and you know, he, he ended up falling in the pulpit one Sunday. And he ended up um, having some issues. But, you know, I, I can see how God has given me the glory back. He's given me the ability to praise his name more yeah. and more and more. So just wanted you to know that. We have to be real in our praise to God. Amen. So my testimony is after spending one day in the hospital, one, and half of that was used up with them turning on the bright lights. <laughs> I was able to walk out. They said, we're going to send you home. And of course, I got to have some medicines and things. But that one day, and now I have a real, real testimony. I got others. I can give you others. Lord knows again. But I got a real, real testimony. And that's why I take the time. I, you know, I don't have to hoop and holler. I can give you my praise. Because I see what God has done yeah. for me. Amen. Come on, Pastor. Amen. All right, Pastor Keith. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. We bless his holy name this morning. I'm going to pick up a little bit where Pastor Keith left off here and I too want to just say isn't it funny isn't it really funny Pastor Keith how we focus um, on our blessings in this country during the month of November uh, when the real deal is that we ought to be thankful on a regular That's right. amen somebody amen. especially when we come to understand when we get to a place in life when we understand from whom our blessings flow I'm not knocking the season I'm really not but wouldn't it just be something just take a moment and imagine what it would be like if all of us would reflect on the goodness of God every day Ah, we would have something going on. Now, somebody wrote a long time ago, as we say back in the day, they tried to remind us of, 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 with these words to a song. They said, every day is a day of thanksgiving. I've I, 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 I come to understand in my older age that they were so right about it. Uh, but but my assignment here this morning is to kind of back up just a little bit as we have examined Pastor Keith has uh, read and, and we have looked at 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse number 18. He has brought that text out and uh, uh, somehow I get the, 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 the pleasure to uh, to take a deeper look at the text and try to figure out what's going on in the text so that you will understand why things are going the way they are, why the scripture reads the way 
that it does. And I can tell you, I can tell you that when Paul uh, uh, penned this letter to the people of Thessalonica, it, it wasn't because Thanksgiving was right around the corner. Uh, let me let me get that straight. Um, uh, it, it wasn't because he just saw a sign that said the turkeys were now on sale. Uh, he, he, that, that wasn't it at all. Uh, it, it wasn't because people were preparing uh, for the big feast uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but Paul's writing comes out of a love that he had for the flock um, that he had been separated from. Uh, oh, that, 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 that's where this uh, originates from. This letter, this letter that Paul writes to the church uh, is a letter of encouragement. Uh, it, it's a letter that answers false uh, allegations against the church. Uh, it's a letter that brings comfort to people uh, who are being persecuted. Come on, somebody. Uh, it, it reminded them of the importance of being uh, morally pure. Uh, it diffused any tension that was in the church. Uh, and when we land on chapter number five specifically, uh, the letter reminds us of some basic Christian values uh, that, that is the way that we're supposed to live. Yeah. That's all. That's all. It's, it, it's basic stuff. Uh, and, and, and let me just tell you, that's right. You see, because Paul was reiterating what he had already taught the people. In other words, Paul was simply giving them the foundational principles for a sound spiritual life. Anybody in here just want a sound spiritual life? Amen. Uh, somebody in the house this morning. Paul, he simply says to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks. Now, now, now for this is the will of God concerning you. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And as people, as people, all of us, those of us in here, those of us who are sharing on social media, those of us who profess to be followers of Christ uh, ought to be intentional about making God's will the center of our existence. Uh, somebody needs to know that. Uh, I, I, I read that even uh, uh, Pastor uh, John MacArthur uh, once said that God's will really ought to be the practice of our lives. Uh, he says nothing more, nothing less, uh, and nothing else. Uh, or I hope somebody can understand what, what it is to really be able to focus in on the will of God for our living. Uh, you see, all of this, uh, as a matter of fact, in the New Living Translation version, it, it comes under an inserted heading. I want you to understand that that heading is not inspired, but rather it is inserted. In other words, man read it, uh, man put it together, and man said, right here, we're going to put this title, amen, uh, of somebody. And, and so under that uh, that inserted heading is, is, is these words, Paul's final advice. And that final advice, as you might imagine, comes right before his final greetings as he gets ready to shut down his sermon. Now, you see, real testimony and real thankful people are always, always aware of how they have been blessed. I read it like this in Psalm 34 and 1, where the psalmist writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, the real crux is that we are to never forget when and where that we were blessed. Amen, somebody. Never taking for granted the blessings that come our way. Always praising God in the outcome, even when we don't understand it, and even when we disagree with it, and even when we don't like it. That's right. My God. You see, even, even displaying um, that attitude of gratitude to God for those times of adversity. I know, I know, I know somebody here is saying, what in the world is she telling us that for? Because I know and I understand that we really, really don't like adversity to come in. We really don't like it when the storm uh, clouds roll into our lives. We really hate it to, when, when the wind starts to blow on our situation. But sometimes, church, it's the adversity that comes that will help you to seek out God. And be thankful. Um, sometimes it is the adversity uh, that teaches us the most, uh, that helps us to grow more, and to build us up stronger than we ever were before. Do I have a witness in the house that you would not be as strong as you are now? You would not have the resilience that you have right now if you had not bumped into something uh, that was bigger than you. Is there a testimony? Is there a testimony in the house as to how it was those dark and difficult times that catapulted you to where you are in your faith? That's right. I want you all to understand. I want you to, to, to know and, and, and get this. If you don't get anything else that I say today is that there is a direct correlation between your test and your testimony. That's right. Having said all of that, having said all of that, now I'm going to uh, use that as a segue into the other scripture that was read for your hearing from uh the Philippian uh, church that Paul writes in chapter number four, verse number six, uh, uh, that we also want to highlight this morning. And, and when we look at it in that amplified version, uh, he takes a didactic look uh, and he says, don't fret or have anxiety about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition, a petition really is a, 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 a definitive request. It's a pinpointed request. It's a laser focus kind of a request. He says to do it with thanksgiving, continuing to make your wants known unto God. Well, my brothers and my sisters, let me tell you this. You must understand that it takes faith to not worry or to fret. It takes faith not to be living in fear and experience doubt. It takes faith to face the uncertainties in this world that will bring those issues to your doorstep almost on a daily basis. Can I tell you that if you would just listen to people, listen to commercials, listen to the radio, you will learn that today many, many, many people are living with anxiety 
anxiety and being medicated for anxiety. There's a lot going on in the world and its end result has caused anxiety. But the scripture says, the word of God says, I know my Bible says, I bet your Bible tells you the same thing. He says, do not worry. Don't have anxiety about anything. So why? Why do so many people suffer from anxiety? I'm going to tell you something real quick. While we were away this last weekend, my husband was displaying some anxiety. We had a rental car that was an EV, an electric vehicle, amen. And as you know, just like a gas-powered car, the battery power depletes as you drive it. Amen, somebody. So, just like you have to take the gas-powered vehicle to the gas station, you have to find a place to replenish the battery on the EV. And so, we get in the car right at the uh, rental car place, and the car is already at 50% battery. And why it wasn't filled, I don't know, but... That's how we started out. We get to the hotel and say to the people at the hotel who was doing the ballet parking, uh, would you happen to know if you all can uh, replenish the battery in the car? The gentleman says, I'm sorry, but our, uh, our, our setup is not functioning. It's broke. It's broke. Okay, well, take the car and park it, and, and we'll deal with it later. And I'm going to tell you the rest of that in a little bit. But I can see the anxiety that was building in my husband. Because here we are in a strange state with an electric vehicle that we can't replenish the charge. I'm going to get back to that when I finish dealing with Paul. You see, in, in Paul's letter, in Paul's letter, he had written to the church at Philippi. Paul had a very practical message. I, I don't you like it when you get practical messages, right? Because practical messages will come with practical advice. Stuff that you can absolutely use. Uh, uh, practical messages offers a, a practical solution. Uh, notice, I did not say that the that the remedy or the solution was easy, because most of the time it's going to be something that you can't do by yourself. Uh, oh God! Uh, most of the time it's going to be something that's going to require you uh, to get in. God's face. 
Oh, oh, yes, it is. Uh, uh, because you're not going to get where you're trying to go uh, 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 by just grabbing a hold to people. Uh, uh, sometimes people just don't have the answer. Uh, sometimes people just don't have what you need. Uh, there are times and moments in life uh, that you're going to have to get uh, in, in connection and communication uh, with God. Um, so let me give you a take-home uh, 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 message for today. And you know, my one point to the sermon is, uh, and it says it in the text, uh, is that prayer prevents worry. Right there. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Reveal. You all know, you've been praying for a long time. That's why uh, we had Sister Elaine come up here and pray corporately for the church because she knows that some of us came in here with some worries. Uh, some of us came in here with some concerns. Uh, uh, some of us don't feel like we know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, and so she covers us with prayer. Uh, and so now we can leave here today and say, somebody pray for me. I don't have to worry about that right now. I, I, I know I'm coming and I believe God is heard. Uh, but let me tell you, the, the, the instructions, and I'm going to paraphrase this, uh, says do not be anxious. Uh, in other words, church, uh, don't get upset over this. Uh, don't lose your cool uh, over this. Uh, can I put it like this? Uh, don't trip over this. Uh, you see, uh, uh, your situation uh, can be under control. Uh, uh, but, but, but we're going to uh, give God thanks uh, for it uh, through prayer while we present uh, our situation to God. Uh, hallelujah. You see, because prayer, uh, prayer is a powerful weapon. Uh, we got to use it more often, y'all. Uh, prayer is that relational communication with God. Um, it don't have to be eloquent. Uh, it don't have to, you don't have to put the periods in the right place. Uh, you don't have to put semicolons in it where they're supposed to go. You can just get in God's face uh, and begin to talk to him uh, like he is your daddy, uh, like he cares about you, uh, like you know he going to come to your rescue. Uh, can I tell you, prayer is that thing that seeks to draw resources uh, from an invisible realm into a physical, uh, invisible realm. Uh, oh, yeah, we can't see it yet.
saying, sit down before I tell you this. Uh, uh, you feel it starting to rise up in you. Uh, I want you to recognize uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, is just tapping you on your shoulder uh, and say, come on now. Uh, it's time for us to go into prayer mode. Uh, you see, uh, you see, you all heard it. Uh, that, 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 that the more you worry, uh, the less you're going to pray. Uh, but if that's the case, uh, how about if we flip the script? Uh, come on, somebody, and flip uh, the script. And then we worry. What it really is is a show indication. We don't have the faith we need. We don't have the trust and the wisdom and the sovereignty and the power of an almighty God. And we need that church. We, we, I'm telling you, we're living in some times that's testing our faith. I'm telling you, day by day. You see, we can look at the TV every day and see the war over there. Specific problem. Ah, oh, God. 
Yeah. 